Buying a mattress can be tough. With so many choices, it's overwhelming. Where do you even start? Introducing Bedmatch, a patented diagnostic system that determines your pressure points and recommends the mattresses that are best for your individual sleep needs. Sounds easy, right? It is, and it's found only at Mattress Warehouse. Try Bedmatch at a mattress warehouse near you. Visit sleephappens.com for locations and get free next day delivery on select purchases. Mattress Warehouse. SleepHappens.com Handle on the news. Handle on the news! Use your common sense. Forget the blogs. Forget how you feel about me. Hate me if you want to. Love me if you want But just use your common sense. You're killing me, man! And now, here's Bill Handel. Ah, Friday morning, uh, January 15th. Uh, good morning, uh, everybody. Uh, today, we calm down a little bit. Today, it's not all politics. Uh, today, it, there's a lot of other stuff going on, finally. I mean, we'll have plenty of politics, especially uh, next week uh, as we approach uh, Joe Biden's inauguration. So uh, let me say a hello to the crowd. Uh, Jennifer, good morning. How'd you sleep last night? Horribly. Excellent. That's, uh, yeah, okay, that's good. Uh, Why do you ask? I'm just curious. Oh. I'm just curious. Um, Wayne, how'd you sleep? Fine. Okay, that's one for one, <laughs> or one for two. Uh, no, one for one. I lose count. Hey, one, two, three. It's not my fault. Uh, Alex? Yes? Good morning. How'd you sleep? Uh, considering I wake up at about one o'clock every morning, not great. <laughs> See, that's another one. I, everybody I know now is not sleeping worth a damn. I sleep fine. I mean, I you know I take the you know CBD, uh, which I use, uh, and uh, I eat Ambien like Skittles. No, okay for Ambien, uh, John. Uh, I have a quick question. Yeah. What the hell are we talking about? I don't know. I just came out. You know, I, I don't feel know. like I've been dropped right into the middle of a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, that's probably and I true. Have no uh, idea. That's why I thought, what is there? Okay, I don't know. It just came. This? It just came up. It's stream of consciousness. It's William <laughs> Faulkner. Okay. I mean, is there something you want to say about how you slept? Uh, I is slept fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, John, uh, you're not going to sleep for uh, a very long time because uh, you are now in mourning with your annual Disneyland passes, which are being done away with. Uh, kind of, sort of, but anyway, I slept okay once I flipped to the other side of the pillow. Okay. All right. So much for that. Do you sleep with that little dog of yours, that little rat? Uh, no. He actually stays in the side. He has his own comfy little bed. He'll hop up once in a little while, but you know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you uh, know John. Uh, he has this little thing. Uh, it's it's basically a, a good size rat named Dumbledore. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, guys, uh, we've got plenty. Why not? You ready to plenty do it? Of what? We've got plenty of news. We have plenty okay. of things I to talk about. I have fire news to tell you about, and it's I'm updating it, too. Yeah, we're doing that. We're starting that, as a matter of fact, uh, because we go right to our uh, fire maven. This is, uh, let's do it, handle on the news, Jennifer Wayne and me, and let's do uh, breaking fire news. Now I see fire. 
So we're kind of going to do a twofer here, and I'm actually going to start with one that just we learned about just in the last hour. This is a brush fire that's burning near Hemet in Idlewild. When I started telling you about it maybe a half hour ago, it was at 250 acres. I just got an update now. It's at 600 acres, 0% containment. They've got an evacuation order that's been issued for the Mountain Center community. Highway 74 is closed in some places, so people are advised to use the 234 right now. They've got an evacuation center set up at Banning Community Center. Now, we last night first were watching this 250-acre brush fire that started about 5 o'clock in Thousand Oaks. Different fire. Totally. Yeah, way different area. And uh, so now that one last night, that one is under control. And they got a, a quick handle on that one. That was good. But uh, the winds, oh my gosh, the winds. I... I don't know how firefighters do it. The way that those winds can just whip up and just take that fire well, in different directions. That's when you have winds. Now, that's the Herbs Road fire. Uh, unless you uh, happen to be of British descent, then it's the Herbs Road fire. <clears throat> All right. Let's move on. All right. One in three L.A. County residents have been infected by COVID-19. One in three. So that means, though, I mean, a couple of things I think that they say. Scientists say this is a sign of how rapidly the virus is spreading through the region. But if one in three people had it, did we even know we had it when we had it? I think that's another thing. They're asymptomatic. And if you're asymptomatic, uh, you get get tested. And what a pain in the ass testing is because you wait in line. It's not particularly comfortable because uh, they take the swab you know, that little Q-tip that's four feet long, and they actually put it up your nose, into your brain, swirl it around. Uh, it's uh, And that's the one that you can actually test. So, and with, is, with accuracy. This is an estimate based on a scientific model. So, and and we know there are several dozen different models in place around the world to track the coronavirus thing. We don't know which model they used. Some of the models have proven to be quite inaccurate and unhelpful. Yeah. Um, and so nobody really knows if it's one in three. You no, know, but keep in mind when we talk about uh, the modeling that's being done, uh, virtually every model out there as to the severity and the transmission rate of the virus uh, you take the worst model, right? The most serious model that was out there that everybody scoffed at. It's worse than that. The reality is worse than the the most serious uh, model that described the ultimate, uh, well, the downturn or in the, unfortunately the upturn uh, of uh, the virus. So, uh, you know, I looked at my, mo- I now look at models and, uh, and I go back to my philosophy. It's worse than that. That's how I, that's how I live my life. No matter what you say, no matter what you do, whenever you think of anything negative, it's worse than that. And tomorrow, at least, it'll be even worse. God, I'm such an upper. Oh, you are an optimist. I should be. I should be a volunteer at a suicide prevention line. No, you shouldn't. You're absolutely right. L.A. County uh, tells healthcare providers, please don't throw away any COVID-19 vaccine. 
I guess what's been happening is they'll open up vials of vaccine expecting people who are who are scheduled to come and then people don't show up. Now, what do you do? We know these things have to be kept under the precise conditions. And so some places were throwing them away, although apparently a clinic in Inglewood didn't do that. Instead of throwing them away, they gave them to people who weren't yet under the criteria to get vaccinated and found themselves the subject of a TMZ story. So you can't win. If you throw them away, you're terrible and the county's mad at you for wasting precious vaccines. But if you think on your feet and get them into somebody's arm, there's That's- Harvey Levin at your door. And think of this, uh, that there are many places, Disneyland, uh, where you wait for a spot to open up. You know, for example, uh, you have a reservation or you can't uh, get a reservation for weeks at a a restaurant. Uh, Put me on uh, the reservation list. Hi, uh, X canceled out. Can you come in tomorrow afternoon? Why don't we have that? Uh, That should be on the website. Uh, or that should be part of reservation. And we can't get you in until uh, March, but give us your number, and then you start going down the list. Can you be there in half an hour? Can so uh, there? But again, it's all planning. It all Which, has to do with planning, of which there is none. Yeah, uh, even, uh, you know, this is L.A. County on L.A. County criticism going on. Supervisor Janice Hahn said, I'm really upset because we asked the county... <laughs> A long time back in September to put together a comprehensive rollout plan, and they really didn't do it. And also, I mean, the way uh, the the vaccine uh, has to be defrosted uh, mm-hmm. and put for X number of hours. Well, I mean, I've I've got one word for you: microwaves. Microwave no. oven. You put it in, you it's put it on number pocket, three, no. defrost for 45 seconds, and there it is, ready to pop. Now, you know, you have to wait a couple seconds because it keeps on cooking, and the instructions are always uh, uh, let it sit for an, uh, for 10 minutes or, uh, excuse me, a, a minute or two. Whip up some nice Totino. I got to tell you, I should be in the medical profession also. No. I no should be there are so many. You know, we're getting a good angle on all the professions you should not be allowed into. Uh, Jennifer, you want to take it from here? Yes. Back we go on a Friday morning, January 15th. Bill Handel, morning crew. Uh, moving on. More handle on the news, Jennifer Wayne and me. In Long Beach, the COVID-19 vaccine has been expanded to help grocery workers, seniors, and teachers. And we knew that this was sort of their plan all along, that they said uh, some of the first people that were going to get this were grocery store workers or frontline workers, as they called them, and they have done just that. Uh, Long Beach Mayor Robert Garcia got a dose of the vaccine yesterday just to show, hey, if I can do it, you can do it sort of thing. And uh, I believe, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Robert Garcia lose a parent or something to the COVID-19 pandemic? I want to say very early on in this, like this is something that hits very close to home. So I'm not surprised. What I'm saying is I'm not surprised to see Long Beach kind of going, you know, hard full force on this based on just personally what's happened to its own mayor. You know, we had talked about that when you're personally affected. If you're part of the crowd, it's overstated. Even so, even it's a hoax. Uh, There there's that group of people, although those are diminishing and uh, I saw in the news uh, one, uh, it was a Hispanic lady 
who had lost her father. And she said, uh, I thought this was all a hoax. She bought into that theory. And uh, she looked at the camera and said, don't believe it. This is real. It th- To your point, it takes someone close to you being affected in the hospital on a ventilator dying before you, okay, you believe it. And uh, if the... Uh, uh, the numbers of L.A. County are true based on the modeling. One in three people uh, have tested positive. Well, the Spanish flu, a third of the world was infected. And I just found out it was his mother and stepfather wow. that he lost weeks apart from each other. Well, a loss of a different kind. Disneyland is canceling their annual passes. Now, John, I thought you would have played a requiem. No, because uh, the email that we got as pass holders, it just simply states that they are um, they are sunsetting the annual pass uh, pass holder program, and they're just going to be coming up with a new program. So it's not technically going away; they're just going to be revamping it in a sense. So at first, I freaked out, and then when I got the email, they said, "Hey, calm down; it's coming back. Just hold your horses." It's not coming back in the form that you want, John. That's right, John. The reason they're doing this is they know that for a very long time, first of all, they're not going to be allowed to reopen till who knows when. And when they're allowed to reopen, it'll be a very long time where they have to operate on reduced capacity. People like you with the annual passes who can show up every day if you want are now antithetical to their business model. They can't have the park flooded every day with pass holders and then the top dollar paying daily people can't get in. So it's going to be an extremely long time before there's anything that allows somebody to just show up at Disneyland all the time. Yeah. Buying the merchandise, for example. Uh, When's the last time you went to Disneyland and bought a big Mickey? A while. Yeah, exactly. Or how many times have you gone to Disneyland since you bought the big stuff, Mickey? Once, and that just was downtown in downtown area. Oh, you're not helping me on this. I'm not. <laughs> this is not good. No. Uh, but I think my point is being made. You're right. They want people to come in from out of town and blow all of their money in one fell swoop. So you're not wanted, John. And by the way, uh, sun. You know what sunsetting a program is? They're killing it. It's over. It's done. No passes. Fit on passes. But there's always a sunrise that we have to look forward to. Oh, no, there isn't. No, there isn't. You know, go go to Norway at the beginning of uh, winter and we'll talk. <laughs> Should we take a break? Uh, sure, why not? This is KFI AM 640. Uh, let's check in with you. And uh, we're back, Bill Handel and uh, the morning crew, as we continue with uh, Handel on the news, uh, Jennifer, Wayne, and me. And we now know more about Joe Biden's America Rescue Plan. All right, Joe Biden says his American Rescue Plan includes extended unemployment benefits. 18 million Americans currently run on unemployment benefits while they look for work can count on these checks continuing to be there. Plus, there will be a $400 per week supplement. Now, this plan, though, 
will cost nearly $2 trillion, but it includes help for small businesses and another round of direct payments that would be about $1,400. You combine that with the $600 checks that went out, and there's the $2,000 that uh, I know President Trump had been talking about. $1.9 trillion this go-round, and there's going to be more. By the way, I don't appreciate that edited piece of uh, audio uh, where Joe Biden said 18 million dollar, uh, 18 million Americans are currently unemployed, leaving out that and will never have to work again, uh, at least through my presidency. Sorry, I'll try and put that back in. Yeah, please put that back in. <laughs> Governor Newsom is mobilizing the National Guard. Thousand National Guard troops. You've also got a lot of chain link fence around the state capitol. He's taking uh, any security threats very seriously, which he has to. Number one, it's the right thing to do. Number two, he cannot possibly afford another bung up, this guy. Can you imagine if something happens and they end up saying uh, the state didn't prepare properly for some kind of unrest or similar problem? He's already looking at a recall campaign. What if it goes the other way uh, that... The Capitol is attacked and uh, gun violence occurs. That's what I'm saying. If no, that no, I'm happens, talking, it's no. toast. Uh, yeah, either way. Either way. No, no if uh, nothing let's say, happens. Let's, if let's nothing say National happens, Guard. I, I understand, but let's say National Guard troops are fired upon. Oh. And you have uh, a few people dying. What happens? I, I think it's a lose-lose for him. I don't think people would hold it against him that he mobilized I don't know. protection and then violence happened. I and they think were there so. and I they were there and the, and there were guardsmen there to quell it and they uh, didn't get into the Capitol and so and there wasn't a there wasn't a takeover of a building, but if you're saying some National Guard troops got shot, this well, is some dark discussion we're having, even though unfortunately it's a totally relevant discussion. But, but look what happened during the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, every time the police were attacked and they fought back, the police were at fault. Massive demonstrations against those incidents. That's not to say the police acted inappropriately at times, uh, excessive force, but every time someone was injured uh, and the police caused the injury or death, look what happened. Look at the demonstrations. And that's what I'm arguing. And uh, this will be uh, amongst the uh, conspiracy theorists. They shot us. They uh, attacked us. Uh, look at this. I think th- that's why I'm saying it's a lose-lose. I don't know if it hurts him because the people who will be claiming the police were brutal to me this time are people that uh, don't have a lot of sympathy going for them in this particular state. It's uh, yeah, Or at I, least in the coastal, heavily populated parts of this particular state. Well, do you know how many people in this country that are Trump supporters uh, and beyond Trump supporters uh, look at what happened uh, in the Capitol as uh, legitimate, uh, as the police were at fault? Why weren't the police on our side? Uh, it, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk more about what's going to happen uh, or hopefully not happen come Wednesday, next Wednesday. A guy from Glendora has been arrested for his involvement at the Capitol riot. And here's the thing. Uh, so his name's Hunter M. Key, and he was turned over to federal agents after being booked by Glendora PD on Wednesday. And he is one of these guys who was pushed by a Capitol police officer away from a window that he apparently was trying to get into. The two, he and the officer, both fell, shards of glass, whole nine yards. Other cops come in. Now, they went ahead and let him go 
But from what I understand, there were people yelling at the officers, you're not leaving with him. Now, the other thing is that cops basically told these people who they either got in a situation like this with or the reports are they said, you will be arrested. In other words, it's coming. We're letting you go right now, but we know who you are. You'll get arrested eventually. And I I think this guy was one of them. Yeah, one of the the parts of this uh, that I actually find fascinating, you have uh, those that storm the Capitol and are videoing themselves or other people videoing them. They know full well they're going to be on social media. Uh, Full well they know that's going to happen. And at the same time, uh, they're proud of it and think what they're doing is right. And literally say, like the guy who sat in Nancy Pelosi's office on the desk or up on the podium, Mike Pence's podium, said, this is our house. This belongs to me because I'm an American citizen. I have the right to come into our house, my house, anytime I want. That's the thinking. That's the part that's scary. Can I play you this cut because it goes along with what you're saying? This is a La Sierra University professor named Lowell Smith who says these extremists think they are modern-day patriots fighting in a new revolution. They are willing to show up and take arms and unfortunately, you know, commit violence in which, you know, we saw a Capitol Police officer basically be beaten to death. And I think that they don't they don't care if they think that they're these modern day revolutionists. Well, the issue is that the president has told them what you are doing is you are supporting the Constitution. What they are doing, pointing to Congress, is destroying the Constitution. By the way, it all boils down to I want to stay president. And uh, if I'm not president, the Constitution is destroyed. If I don't stay president, then America, he even said that, America is gone. Keep this country going by allowing me to be the president. Incidentally, have, has he, if he were reelected, let's assume he was reelected, none of this would be happening. I guarantee you there'd be a huge movement to uh, change the Constitution to allow a third, a third term. Absolutely guaranteed. Uh, But that's uh, I'm hypothesizing, but I think I'm right. Let's do one more story before we take a break. Well, uh, a prosecutor says the guy who was seen running around with those zip tie handcuffs was going to take hostages. He was a hostage. Now, this is argument in court about bail. And he didn't really present the evidence for how he knows that this guy specifically intended to take hostages. I think he's trying to say to the judge, this guy's probably dangerous because why else is he running around with a bunch of zip ties? But the gentleman in question, retired lieutenant colonel from the Air Force, Larry Brock Jr., was released on home confinement. Because the evidence that was presented was, as you said, why else would he do that? Well, I can think of plenty of reasons. Uh, He wanted to make a point. Uh, he wanted to have this on video. He wanted to stop anybody who was harming uh, the uh, a- anybody who was working there to make sure that those people were not harmed. He didn't admit to anything. He wanted he, to put up the uh, bamboo uh, shades that he got from Pier 1 on the fences. Now, had he said, I'm going to arrest uh, that would have been a different story. But, you know, we're still in a country, God forbid, where you have to... Uh, prove allegations 
Yeah, there's no he's only charged with misdemeanors. Yeah. And there's no evidence that he this guy specifically broke any doors or windows to get in there or did anything violent once he was inside. So the judge, uh, I'm assuming he's got like a GPS monitoring ankle bracelet. On I would think so. Now. All right. We're going to take a break and coming back. Uh, vindication for me. What I said, I'll, I'll, we'll go into that, and I'll say that. And I, I will go, yes, I was right. Particularly right about taking a break. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome on a... Friday morning, January 15th, Handle here and uh, the morning crowd as we end the week uh, and uh, coming up next week uh, on Wednesday, the inauguration of the new president. And then uh, what is uh, what is uh, President Trump going to do next week? Uh, no one knows. What is going to do today? No one knows. Now, uh, yesterday and before we do uh, this news story, because it connects Yesterday, uh, Wayne, you had said how incensed uh, I was. You noticed uh, you had pointed that out. And I said, yes, because of my background. Uh, and I said, pay attention. History is being made. You know, not only pull back for a moment. 200 years from now, people will be studying today as one of the moment, most momentous moments. Moments in the history of the United States. And, Jen, why don't you do the story? The Smithsonian agrees with Handel. I'm afraid of America. Because just like you said, now the National Museum of American History is collecting objects from last week's riot at the Capitol. So they are sorting through things like protest signs and flags and banners and the keep Trump great or Trump keep America great clothing, those sorts of things, because they will put it together as part of America's history. See, there you go, and it'll be, uh, that uh, exhibit will be right next to Fonzie's uh, leather jacket, which is in the Museum of American History. As well it should be. As well it should be, and right next to Archie Bunker's chair. Hey. California police officer fired for comments on Parlor. This is the Pacific Grove Police Department. We don't know uh, exactly who the officer is because the chief there said, yes, we have an officer. They have been fired, but I'm not allowed to comment any further on personnel matters, which is, I think, true at this point. Uh, but this officer was allegedly on the parlor platform making disparaging remarks against Black Lives yes. Matter. Not the politics today, just straight out racism. And then on their pickup truck, they had a decal mocking LGBT movements and those silhouette um, decals of automatic weapons and a three percenters decal. So he said uh, his job. Uh, he claimed, Here's the deal. This is the funny part. They looked into all that. And they exonerated him on the three percenters decal because he said he had no idea who they were. Yeah, but I'm willing to put a decal of it on his truck. Yeah, his career is still going to be somewhat limited, don't you think? Yeah. Let's do uh, one more. Massimo Giannulli says prison is hard. Don't need no 
course, he and his wife, Lori Lachlan, were convicted in the college admission scandal. And uh, he's got five months still left in prison and says he spent eight weeks in solitary before being transferred to a minimum security camp this week. And his lawyers are saying, hey, this wasn't what we were agreed to and that the prison conditions that Massimo Giannulli is having to deal with are harder than what you said that they would be. Does he have a case? Is he going to get to go home for the next five months and spread, you know, spend the rest of his he time might. there? He yes. might, because not a violent, no violent crime here. Put him in a situation in solitary, which uh, I would argue is cruel and unusual based on what he pled guilty to. I'm sure they would argue, though, that because of his high profile, that's what they were trying to keep him. Yeah, but safe, they should have right? moved him. In, no, they should have moved was, him into a low security prison from day one. It was. Yeah. It was no. He w- he was in solitary because of COVID. And they kept him in there way the hell longer than they needed to uh. for for a covid quarantine. Um, there is already something, just so you know, in, in federal uh, sentencing jurisprudence, it's already settled that one of the things a court can consider is harsher conditions of confinement for whatever reason that might be that you're looking at harsher conditions than you might otherwise because of something that's not your fault. And here, though, he this is not an appeal to a judge. He's asking the Bureau of Prisons right now uh, to let him out and designate him to home confinement, which they can do. And then he can go to a judge, I guess, and try to get the judge to order it. Yeah, I can't imagine him not prevailing under the circumstances. That's uh, my take on it. But then again... Uh, Wayne knows and I don't. No, uh, I'm with you. I mean, this is this is actually a legitimate huh? thing, particularly when you think about that the the prisons are still have a crowding problem. Sure. Yeah. Huge. All right. Uh, when we come back, uh, the vaccine, what's going on? How are we doing? Uh, too many people are dying uh, way too quickly. We'll dive into that. KFI AM six. Did you know buying a mattress at Mattress Warehouse means you have a one-year price guarantee? Find a better price? They'll match it, plus 50% of the difference. Why buy anywhere else? Mattress Warehouse. Sleephappens.com. Mattress Warehouse. Sleephappens.com. Has COVID done anything for business? Absolutely. It's proven that your business needs cloud computing more than ever. So migrate now to get optimal security and access for your work from anywhere workforce. No cloud offers more than the Microsoft Cloud, and no one gets your business into the Microsoft Cloud better than CloudForce. It's all they do. Start now at GoCloudForce.com. That's GoCloudForce.com. And uh, good morning, Bill Handel. Welcome back. KFI AM 640 on a Friday, January 15th. Uh, the days are shortening till the inauguration. Foodie Friday today at 9.30, and it's uh, National Bagel Day. Uh, that, uh, I have to tell you, uh, celebrating the bagel is far more important than any other national holiday that we have here in the United States. I'm just pushing for that. Now, uh, vaccine news. Uh, good news, bad news. Uh, bad news, as we know, the numbers just keep on roaring Uh, Yesterday, 4,000 deaths across the United States. And uh, the modeling says we'll have over 5,000 by the middle of next month. And I believe every word of that. And uh, the hospitalizations actually are down. 
And uh, the number of deaths uh, just about to hit uh, 390,000. Okay, those are the horrible numbers. And, and L.A. County being the worst in the country. And actually worst in the world when it comes to absolute numbers uh, as well as percentages. So uh, that's the horrible news. The good news is the vaccine is rolling out. But let me give you uh, the lead uh, at, uh, on those clouds. And uh, here is um, what we know, and I'm going to reiterate and uh, actually dive into it a little bit deeper. It's not going nearly quickly enough. Uh, Azar, uh, Secretary of Human Services, Alex Azar, had said uh, by the end of uh, December, uh, 20 million vaccinations uh, will have been pumped into people's arms. Uh, Not true. Uh, We are here in California, let's be specific, Uh, 2.4 million doses have been received by the state. A third of them have been used. About 800,000. Now, we're going to ramp up to where we will hit uh, the appropriate numbers per day, per week. I have no doubt whatsoever about that. Because uh, one of the things that we do in America, when we ramp up, we do it well. We do production well. We do logistics well. So where's the screw-up here where the vaccines are being uh, produced, taken to the distribution center, and only a third have uh, been put into people's arms? Well, because of the planning, the lack of planning. And to start good planning now is insane, as opposed to have started it At the time that uh, the production, actually the time the development of the vaccine was started. And, of course, uh, we have talked about, I've talked about, you've talked about, uh, news outlets, the experts have talked about the lack of planning on a federal level. And this is where the Trump administration has fallen woefully uh, behind and has actually fallen off the cliff. Now, the administration... President Trump is going to be given credit, and I mean a lot of credit, for moving forward uh, with no holds barred on the development of the vaccine. It was a miracle that the vaccine was be, it was able to be de- uh, developed in 11 months. The manufacturers ramped up their ability to creating millions, tens of millions of doses uh, from day one. Why haven't we been able to figure out the logistics of distributing them? Israel has already vaccinated, I think, 35% of its entire population. Why? How? Because they started figuring out distribution uh, from the actually from the time they were told uh, by the manufacturers that looks like we're going to have something and it looks like we're going to have something by the end of the year. And they started planning right there. So by the time the vaccine hit and production was uh, able to be developed and put into place, so was distribution. So were the medical personnel. So were the facilities set up. We did none of that. None of that. This is where the government, the federal government failed miserably. There was no leadership. Uh, The money uh, was not there. I mean, it takes billions of dollars to set this up. 
people need to be trained. It can't just be medical personnel uh, that are going to vaccinate 200 million people. All of that fell behind. And so, and this is a hard one because uh, a whole lot of people are going to die that shouldn't die. And we're going to look back at this and go, a whole lot of people died that shouldn't have died. But I think that's in the past. I think we are at this point vamping up or ramping up. Vamping up? Yeah, we're all dressed in boas and uh, dancing around the room. We're all that we're ramping up to make this happen. Unfortunately for too many thousands, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, uh, it's uh, too little too late. So uh, at the same time that history is going to give big kudos, big credit to the Trump administration for the creation, the manufacture of the vaccine, and and describe it as a medical miracle. I mean, there's no way around that. Uh, A lot of blame will be given to this administration and states uh, and counties uh, that uh, the failure of vaccinating too many, uh, not enough people with vaccines available with doses available. We're talking to them throwing away doses. All right. Uh, when we come back, uh, standardized tests. You know, it's federal law that students have to take standardized tests. Oh, boy, what a problem we're having during this pandemic and what the educators are doing about it, what lawmakers are doing about it. And when we come back, your chance to win some cash. This is KFI AM 640. All right. uh, Fuel your healthy food choices with flavor that gets you through the day. If you're committed to paleo, keto, or Mediterranean, America's original super nut is your diet super snack. A handful does the trick. Learn more at AmericanPecan.com. AmericanPecan.com. Has COVID done anything for business? Absolutely. It's proven that your business needs cloud computing more than ever. So migrate now to get optimal security and access for your work from anywhere workforce. No cloud offers more than the Microsoft Cloud. And no one gets your business into the Microsoft Cloud better than CloudForce. It's all they do. Start now at GoCloudForce.com. That's GoCloudForce.com. And uh, welcome back. Bill Handel here, KFI AM 640. On a Friday, January 15th, let's start with your chance uh, to get some money. For your chance at a thousand bucks, text the nationwide keyword easy, E A S Y, to 200 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's easy to 200 200. And if you do win, you'll get a call from a number you don't recognize, which you must answer uh, every day, 20 minutes after the hour, 5.20 a.m. to 6.20 p.m. Standardized testing. Now, there's two kinds of tests that I talk about all the time. And one test is getting uh, is disappearing effectively, and that's the test that's taken to get into college. And that's a test that is measured, well, individually measured. Here's the test. Is it too difficult? Is it not too difficult? Uh, Is it biased? I mean, that's attacking the test itself and trying to do away with it in many cases. And a lot of schools have done exactly that. There are so many universities and colleges said, we're done with the testing. Uh, Why? Because too many students don't do well enough, because it's biased, because white students do better than minority students, because wealthier students do better than the poorer students. Really? Uh, 
welcome to uh, the world and the United States. But how about standardized testing to know where we are? Standardized testing is like the census, except it's done every year. And this is pursuant to federal law. Now, why would we even do this? Well, think about it for a moment. How would our society, how would governments, how would school boards know how students are doing, how much they've learned during the course of the year? Is our curriculum appropriate? Are we uh, demanding too much? Are we not demanding enough? Where do we concentrate our resources in? Uh, Learning English, uh, math. How do we get those figures where we talk about the United States being the greatest country in the world? Uh, And I come back with, well, yeah, it is. uh, But let's break it down. We're not the uh, greatest country in the world with infant mortality. We're way down the list. We're not the best country in the world when it comes to students' knowledge. Math? Man, we're number 45, I think, down the list. Uh, Ability to speak English for those who don't? Uh, We're not doing too well. How do we know that? How how do we know that information? Well, you got to do testing. That's how you do it. You have to test and look at the data and find out how many students do okay, what, what the knowledge base is. But let me tell you what happened. That's a little bit difficult here. COVID. COVID has uh, just upended the whole thing like it has in all other parts of society. So here's COVID. Because of COVID, we don't have the ability to know where we are in terms of the knowledge base of our students. And you have to have a knowledge base. Uh, It's hard to figure out uh, how much money, resources, tax breaks for teachers, for example, uh, helping, well, because there are so few science teachers, uh, there are programs out there to bring science teachers into uh, locations. Uh, you know, you're a science teacher, you want to go to North Carolina, there's a district over there that'll pay for your move and give you a bonus. And so uh, what's going on? Last year, there was a waiver. Betsy DeVos uh, gave a waiver. There was no no testing had to be done. This year, um, no waiver. Not yet. May happen. And so uh, what are they doing? Well, they're trying to figure out how this works. Because uh, do you do remote testing? Well, yeah, you have to because you can't come to school anymore. They can't have students uh, jam-packed next to each other. Uh, You have proctors. How do you proctor an online exam? Let's talk about the security Uh, How about students? And again, we're talking about uh, uh, students of color, minority students, uh, disproportionately poor students, uh, the devices, right? Can't afford them. Uh, Broad internet, um, yeah, we don't have it, not in our neighborhood. And if we did, we couldn't really afford it. So that becomes a huge issue. COVID becomes an enormous issue as every day. Uh, I look into the news. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a news junkie. It's hard to do a job like this without being a news junkie. Uh, I'm discovering uh, where COVID has hit us, how it has changed us. So when I talk about, when we discuss, uh, I talk about with friends and people I work with. Well, actually, no friends because I don't have any. But people I work with, uh, acquaintances, and we talk about how COVID has changed the way we work 
uh, the way we go to school, certainly the way we eat out. We don't have restaurants we can go to anymore. Uh, the way we have to order food uh, in and uh, things that we really didn't spend a huge amount of time thinking of before. Well, there are other parts of society where we've been affected and where big changes are being made and how we deal with them. And sometimes not very successfully and sometimes uh, really impossible to do it successfully and do it well. And all we can do is wait for COVID to disappear, which it will. We know that. But up until that time, that point, in this instance, for example, how well are we doing? How well are students in America doing in learning math and English? I don't know. And worse, the education people don't know. And worse, the government doesn't know. Federal relief, uh, rent relief is coming. What we can expect here in California. That's coming up. KFI AM 640. Let's check in with... Fuel your food with flavor that gets you through the day. If you're committed to paleo, keto, or Mediterranean, America's original super nut is your diet super snack. A handful does the trick. Learn more at AmericanPecan.com. AmericanPecan.com. Has COVID done anything for business? Absolutely. It's proven that your business needs cloud computing more than ever. So migrate now to get optimal security and access for your work from anywhere workforce. No cloud offers more than the Microsoft cloud. And no one gets your business into the Microsoft cloud better than CloudForce. It's all they do. Start now at GoCloudForce.com. That's GoCloudForce.com. Welcome back, everybody. Bill Handel here on a Friday, January 15th. Some of uh, the big stories that we are covering. Uh, as uh, you no doubt know, uh, National Guard, uh, other uh, police present, presence, uh, military presence is uh, going to be and already has in the nation's capital protecting the inauguration as well as uh, federal buildings and state buildings, particularly state capitol buildings around the country. Uh, because this thing has just taken on its it, its own life, it's uh, and I'll talk about that later. Uh, also, uh, Dodger Stadium being reopened today as uh, one of the super sites, vaccination sites. Federal rent relief is coming. We know that uh, the new president has made this a major, major part of uh, his administration, and. So here is, I'm going to make it to limit it to California because this is going to affect us. Uh, Eviction moratoriums will continue. However, they expire at the end of this month. So they have to jump on it because uh, a lot of people are at risk of losing their homes, of uh, losing their their apartments. I mean, they could be out on the street. Uh, L.A. County evictions will be prohibited for even longer way past uh, the end of the month, even if national and state rules don't extend, uh, and they will. But right now the rules are everybody pays back what they owe. It's just a question of how, over what period of time, and those rules have not been established, and they have to be. Because if you haven't paid rent for six months, uh, eight months, yeah, you've lost your job, uh, all of a sudden you owe not only uh, when the eviction moratorium is over, you also owe eight months of rent. 
and you owe it now. And if the evictions are allowed, you're out on your ass. You are not going to be able to stay because how are you going to come up with uh, eight, nine months worth of rent? So some help is on the way. Uh, The stimulus law passed by Congress in late December, that was, I think, number two, uh, included $25 billion in rental relief funds. Uh, $25 billion, with an estimated $2.6 billion coming to California, which is about right. We have 10% of the the, um, the, um, population. We have more than that. But we're about 10% of the economy of the country. And uh, there are a bunch of rules involved who is eligible, uh, 80%, or this is for the help, 80% uh, less of the medium income, uh, or one person in your family still qualifies for unemployment, or uh, has experienced a financial hardship because of the pandemic. That how I don't even know how to enforce that. You just sign it, and then you go back and do an audit uh, based on your income tax, and how does the federal government know you're no longer employed? Uh, I mean, theoretically, they do. Withholding tax is uh, it, withholding is not being made anymore because you're out of work. But I don't know what oversight there is. State and local jurisdiction will distribute the money, and then they have to pre- uh, prioritize types of household. Nothing in the law says um, undocumented illegal aliens uh, don't get the money. As of right now, the undocumented are eligible just like you are. Whoa. Uh, You think that's a little controversial? And uh, the local jurisdictions and states could still place uh, the illegal alien population on hold for this relief. Nothing has been done yet. Um. So how do you apply? Uh, The U.S. Treasury Department says uh, the states, local governments, there aren't any in place yet. Uh, The city, county of L.A. don't have a timeline for this. Uh, It's to the point where uh, a couple of days ago, L.A. City Council President Nuri Martinez uh, submitted a motion in front of the city council to ask the staff for recommendation on how to distribute the new rental release funds. Will you get it directly? Uh, it either goes to the landlord or it goes to the utility company. If you're short of utility, uh, once you've been approved, uh, if they all deny it, the money can still be paid to you. Uh, no one really knows. Uh, what can you use the money for? Obviously, unpaid and future rent, utility, uh, but also house-related expenses. Uh What are house-related expenses? I don't know. More importantly, they don't know. So uh, we're up in the air, and uh, once again, uh, we have an issue where we haven't had massive rent relief uh, across a national scale. I mean, we've had rent relief programs, but they're very small. Uh, They dealt with vouchers. Uh, They dealt with a very small population, governmental programs. Uh, administered by usually NGOs, non-governmental organizations in many cases. This one is uh, a brand new challenge like everything else. So at least it's rent relief. And keep in mind, this is a major component of uh, the new Biden plan 
to help uh, those people who have been affected by COVID. Not only the vaccinations, but the financial, the educational part. We're in for a whole new way of dealing with the world. One of the things during the campaign, uh, as Chuck Schumer said, uh, once we get into power, we are going to change America. You bet. That's exactly what's going to happen. This is one of the ways. And then depending on the political side you're on, either finally... We're getting some help. Finally, the federal government is recognizing uh, the the straits that we're you're in. On the other side is socialism. Look at these commies. Look what they're doing. Look how much money they're taking from us. Taxes are going to explode. Um, just look in the mirror and see if there's a blue tint or a red tint. Yesterday, a day that will live in infamy. Probably one of the worst days you can imagine. Uh, how is that possible? Wasn't it last Wednesday uh, or a week last Wednesday? No, 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 no. This is far, far worse. I'll explain. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Jennifer. Conceal, don't feel, don't let them know. Well, now they know. And uh, welcome back. Bill Handel here. On a uh, Friday morning, January 15th, uh, next Wednesday, Inauguration Day. And what is the president going to do? I'm talking about the current soon-to-be ex-president. Uh, it will. It's an, it's a, was an unusual start through his presidency, an ignominious end, and all kinds of questions before next Wednesday. I'll do that. Uh, and, the, and the potential trial on top of that. That's at 9 and 9.20 this morning. Yesterday, a day of infamy for uh, pass holders, annual pass holders at Disneyland. Uh, Read John Ramirez, who is still mourning uh, his loss. Uh, I noticed this morning uh, there were tears in his eyes. Eyes all puffy uh, because uh, just the magnitude of uh, the loss here. Shut up, okay? Okay, I got it. So they're shutting down uh, the annual pass uh, program. And this has been around for 40 years. Uh, not only John, uh, Neil Saavedra, our fork reporter, annual pass holder. And they go to Disneyland uh, the way a lot of us go to Starbucks. So uh, annual pass is joining Captain EO and the Country Bear Jamboree at Disney- Disneyland Park Ride Heaven. Now, Why? Makes a lot of sense. One of the things about Disney, uh, they know how to make money. So think of this. Here's the philosophy. Is that the park is jammed anyway, uh, constantly. There is going to be this pent-up demand that they figure it's going to explode attendance. They're right. So what happens with annual passes? Well, the annual pass people go in there two, three times a week sometimes, once a week. And you know what they don't do? is in the park, buy a lot of food, buy a lot of merchandise. You know what people who are coming in from out of town and uh, go to the park at one one point in their year, uh, their lives, uh, family vacations, they buy tons of stuff, merchandise, food. Uh, They stay at hotels near the park. And so the economy is uh, does so much better when the Johns of this world don't go to Disneyland. 
Uh, or if they do, they get to pay 140 bucks for the day. That's why they're doing it, and it makes so much sense. Now, Disney, who masters of PR, of course, and ability to spin. I mean, these guys have, uh, uh, they can take you any place. Uh, you know, the imagination, even their engineering department are called Imagineers. So they're replacing the annual pass with, we don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be something neat. That's actually the name of it. And right now, the thinking is uh, because you are uh, a former annual pass holder, we have to do something special for you. So maybe there'll be some kind of a limited pass. Uh, It's still up in the air where you get a discount, maybe not just to go in, uh, but you get a huge discount on food. You get a huge discount on merchandise. And all you have to do is buy food and merchandise. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah, because, John, uh, you are just not as valuable to these people as uh, the other folks coming into the park. You're a second-class citizen, John. Did you know that? I do now, unfortunately. Okay. So, uh, annual pass. And how many times a year... uh, did you go to? Did you go into the park? Say I would probably say three times a month. So let's say three times twelve, about thirty-six times a year, maybe. All right. And if you paid one hundred and forty dollars a pop, I mean, imagine how much that would cost. And your annual pass is what a thousand dollars, eight hundred dollars. It's about uh, eleven hundred, I would say. All right, yeah. but keep in mind that you're making uh, that up in ten visits once a month. Yes. And if you're going three times a month, now Neil. Uh, and uh, his wife, Tracy, or at least two before Max came into their lives, but they'll jump in it again, assuming that the pass happens, which it won't. They were going twice a week. They'd go to the park just to spend an afternoon, just to buy a churro, because they love the churros. Sit on a bench, watch the people, people watch. Great place to people watch, too. So uh, the annual pass is gone That is another way that the pandemic has affected all of us, and particularly John, who is over there in the corner weeping silently. The $1.9 trillion emergency uh, plan is upon us, and this is uh, Joe Biden's plan. He's already announced it. What's in it? Uh, More importantly, what's in it for us? What's in it for you? I'll cover that when we jump back. Uh, first, this is KFI AM 640 Live. KFI AM 640. Bill Handel here. It is a uh, Friday morning, January 17. Uh, we have a small brush fire near Thousand Oaks. And uh, we have the herb fire, or herb fire, depending whether you're British or not. Uh, and uh, that's uh, near Mountain Center. And so uh, Jennifer is following up on that. She'll be reporting all morning long. Uh, good news, Dodger Stadium being reopened today uh, to serve as a vaccination site as opposed to a testing site. And it's going to be one of the super vaccination centers, uh, hopefully. Uh, we'll be doing uh, 7,000 a day and to increase. Yesterday, uh, President-elect Joe Biden um, came out with his $1.9 trillion emergency coronavirus plan, and we sort of knew what was going to happen 
in broad strokes, but now we have some specifics. Uh, the, the pandemic is at the top. I mean, obviously it is. Uh, yesterday, 4,000 people died in the United States. Uh, Tuesday, 4,200 people died. And so uh, the big money are, is, is dealing with a pandemic and dealing uh, with people who are dealing with the pandemic on a financial side. So it's very broad stroked. And uh, the plan was unveiled this week because Biden wants it passed quickly and is going to be followed by even a broader recovery package later on uh, after uh, the uh, Democrats are in full power, which they're going to be, although it's not that easy to say because the, the, the margins are so narrow. So here is uh, what this comprised of, just to give you some specifics. Uh, pandemic response, $400 billion, uh, about 25% of the entire uh, amount. National vaccination program, no surprise there. Uh, that's $20 billion. Expanded testing, because we have to have testing information. That's $50 billion. And now to specifics. Emergency paid leave uh, for millions of Americans, paid sick and family and medical leave for parents and even those juggling child care responsibilities, because that's one of the big issues. You've got working parents. What do you do? How do you take care of your kids, the ones that can't uh, that can't work at home? And even then, that is horrible. School funding, uh, $130 billion to help schools uh, open and to reduce class sizes, improve ventilation, uh, personal protective equipment. I mean, this is really complicated stuff. Uh, 100,000 public health workers to carry out vaccine outreach and contact tracing. We have spent money to tell people the vaccine is safe. We literally have to spend money and lots of it to tell people, hey, we're here to save your lives. Don't be a schmuck. Stimulus checks. Even the president called for $2,000 in stimulus checks, which Congress, Nancy Pelosi, originally called for $1,200 and agreed to $600 that was passed in December. And Biden said, let's go back to the $2,000 that President Trump uh, advocated. And, of course, the Democrats are all jumping up and down going, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We love that. Well, uh, Biden loves that, too. Expanded unemployment benefits. It goes from 300 to 400 through mid-March. Because that ended in July. So that's going to go on for another several months. Eviction protection, I talked about that earlier. Uh, eviction protection, but does not include uh, what happens after the protections are up. You can't evict, but the money is still owed. We'll see what happens. That will be part of the next uh, program. I'm convinced of that. Uh, the hunger crisis is still not only exists, but the problem has gotten worse. A lot worse. So part of the package uh, is uh, improving, uh, upping the uh, availability of SNAP benefits, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, uh, food stamps, uh, basically. Minimum wage, up to $15 an hour nationally. Uh, It hasn't been changed in, I think, seven years. 
And uh, Democrats and Joe Biden have been calling for a $15 minimum wage for years. That's going to happen. Expanded child tax credit. And then on the small business front, uh, there'll be grants to small business. There'll be aids, aid to local governments. Uh, that's uh, $350 billion. I mean, it goes on. Transit systems, which have been decimated, uh, $20 billion towards hard-hit transit agency. Uh, supporting tribal governments, $20 billion to discri- to uh, support tribal governments' pandemic response because Native Americans have been hit uh, particularly hard on that one. Uh, and I know they want to do it, but I don't know how they are, wa- are going to be able to do it. <laughs> so we're looking at a liberal, we're looking at a money-spending, high-taxing administration. There's no way around it, but that's who we elected, and that's what you get. When we elected President Trump, that's who we elected. One thing about President Trump, he had no hidden agenda. He didn't tell you one thing and then secretly do something else. I think Joe Biden's going to be the same person. The protests are coming, and it's just blown past uh, President Trump. Uh, While every one of these protesters, if you want to call them protesters, they're uh, assaulters is what they are. Uh, They're insurgents. Uh, They're uh, enemies, armed enemies of uh, the people. uh, The FBI has already called them domestic terrorists. Uh, They're all Trump supporters, but they've blown right past that one. And we'll talk about that coming up. And then later on, Foodie Friday at 930 with Neil Saavedra. And you get a chance to win $1,000 when we come back. Uh, KFI AM640, let's check in with... Welcome back. Bill Handel and the morning crew, KFI AM640. We start with uh, your chance uh, for 1000 bucks. For your chance at 1000 bucks, text the nationwide keyword CASH, C-A-S-H, to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's CASH to 200-200. And if you win, you'll get a phone call from a number you don't recognize. You have to answer it. Uh, we do this uh, every day, 20 minutes after the hour here on KFI. Uh, between 5.20 a.m. and 6.20 p.m. As uh, the authorities and we are waiting to see what happens next Wednesday during the inauguration uh, and uh, the protests, the assaults, actually, that uh, may very well be coming if you believe the FBI and our security experts, which I do, uh, something really interesting is happening in the way of these far-right groups that support the president. On the 6th, it was a protest to keep the president in power, to uh, overturn the election because the election was unconstitutional and was not fair and it was rigged, etc. And that was the focus. And it was uh, those assaulters, the insurgents, the seditionists who attacked the Capitol. So now, all of a sudden, the president is silent. We're not hearing how the election has been rigged. Uh, There is no call by the president for a mass rally. Uh, He is not asking his supporters to go out and show the world how the election was rigged and he should be president. That's all gone. 
Now it's what's he going to do next week, which I will uh, talk about uh, this morning uh, at 920, because that's a really interesting topic. So here's what's going on. They don't have a leader. Now they're different, different groups. When the president was calling them to action, not necessarily violence, but certainly calling them to action, show them who the real president is kind of thing. And then the logical uh, next step, of course, was the attack on the Capitol. I mean, no one was surprised. Uh, But now that's all gone. And they are milling around and not really knowing where to go. And the president no longer has his megaphone, the social media megaphone, the Twitter. He doesn't have that anymore. And that was the basis of his controlling his people. He doesn't call them up. He goes on Twitter. He has 80 million followers. That's all done. So what's happening is uh, the shift is going from we're going to win this, that is the election, to the fight is going to be a long one because that's the last thing we actually heard the president say. The fight is is just starting here and then silence and now it's this uh amorphous uh, leadershipless uh movement no one really knows what's going on leaving various groups on their own some calling for an assault some calling for demonstrations uh, some calling for out-and-out warfare, some saying we're going to do this to start a civil war. I mean, crazy stuff. And uh, so a lot. Now, I love this one. This is my favorite one. Some events in Washington and state capitals, and this is out there, uh, not necessarily on Twitter anymore, but certainly on other social media platforms uh, that uh, the these far-right crazy people are on, Some events in Washington and state capitals have been uh, canceled. Why? Here's the theory. Because federal authorities are actually organizing them as a false flag. It's fake news that uh, they're calling for uh, the gathering of uh, the pro-Trump people. It's because the feds want to arrest us. They want to shoot us. It's done a complete reversal. Uh, The organizer of the Million Militia March abandoned an inauguration day, quote, demonstration in Washington, warning on his personal website, and he has a zillion followers, stay away from D.C. and all state capitals. It's a trap. It's a reversal. It's... All of a sudden, white is black, black is white. So uh, it's no longer we won the election. We have to uh, show the world and we have to uh, uh, overrun the Capitol and we have to take the power in our hands. uh, And it's a civil war and the election was stolen and the Constitution is being stolen from us, too. Uh, We can't go and demonstrate anymore. The feds are setting this up. It is a total trap. That is the good side of fake news. That is good news. That's good fake news. Ah, uh, but for across the board. How fascinating is this? You tell me that we're not going to be looking back and there will be entire semesters 
that will be taught. I mean, there will be subject uh, matters. They'll actually be able, you'll be able to get a degree in the history of uh, the January 6th uprising. You'll be able to get a bachelor's degree in just studying this week. Handle on the news, late edition coming up, and it is a super segment. KFI AM 640. Fuel your food with flavor that gets you through the day. If you're committed to paleo, keto, or Mediterranean, America's original super nut is your diet super snack. A handful does the trick. Learn more at AmericanPecan.com. AmericanPecan.com. Has COVID done anything for business? Absolutely. It's proven that your business needs cloud computing more than ever. So migrate now to get optimal security and access for your work from anywhere workforce. No cloud offers more than the Microsoft Cloud. And no one gets your business into the Microsoft Cloud better than CloudForce. It's all they do. Start now at GoCloudForce.com. That's GoCloudForce.com. Handle on the News. Late edition. Handle on the News. Ah, boy, here we go. And now, here's Bill Handel. And here we go. Bill Handel here and uh, the morning crew. It is a Friday morning, January 15th, as we end the week. Uh, Boy, what a week. Uh, Next week, uh, it's going to be Boy, What a Week. Uh, Coming up uh, will be this little thing called the inauguration of our uh, 46th president. Uh, And uh, what is our 45th president going to do? We know what he's not going to do, and that is show up. And I'm going to be uh, talking about uh, what we think is going to happen uh, because the president has some really interesting choices and we're prognosticating. And I'll talk about that because that's just that's what's going around Washington right now. Those are the bets that are happening. But first, it's time for Handle on the News Late Edition. It's a super segment. No commercials to till the end of the hour or at the top of the hour. And I uh, apologize to those of you that uh, love our commercials more than the actual content of the show. And I'm sure our salespeople are all nodding right now and going damn straight. Let's do it. Lead story. Watch the flames burn and it's about the brush fires, and I turn that over immediately to Jennifer as she follows uh, the fires uh, almost minute to minute. Sorry, helps if I turn the mic on. So this fire is the one that's burning near Hemet in a little area called Mountain Center. Mountain Center now has been evacuated. They do have a um, center set up for them at the Banning Community Center. That's where assistance is available. Now, this fire started early this morning. It's only 5% contained. It's grown to 600 acres. And uh, we're keeping an eye on this one. But remember, just the one thing that I point out to people, if you're going to these assistance centers or whatever right now with fires, these aren't going to be like the ones that you went to last year if there was a fire in your area because of COVID. A lot of times it's just you come in, you get the help that you need and you leave. These aren't necessarily places that you can stay anymore. So just kind of keep that in mind. But we'll keep an eye on this one. COVID-19 is expected to cut U.S. life expectancy by over a year, according to a new study. Unless you die, then it cuts uh, life expectancy uh, to just about right now. Well, I mean, I don't think that I don't think that's what the scientists are saying. But no. you're not wrong. However, now the U.S. reduction in 2020 life expectancy is projected to exceed that of most other high-income countries. 
And I guess the U.S. already has life expectancy below that of other countries uh, that are similar to us. But uh, now you're only expected to live to be 79. And think about it. uh, All those other countries have a national health system. And again, uh, you know, I get accused of pushing that way too much, and I do. But everybody gets decent na- gets decent health care. Many many people in America get virtually none. Uh, the poor people can't afford insurance, and if you're stuck between uh, the G or just below or above the uh, minimum level uh, of income that you need, uh, also so we have pockets of people, uh, low minority or minority people. Uh, the poor people simply don't have enough access. Not g- good enough nutrition. Uh, they don't have uh, the gyms that we do, all of uh, all of us who are snowflakes, uh, like in Southern California. And uh, it, it becomes a tough thing. Now, let me give you the reverse. Uh, people used to retire at 65, and that was considered old. Uh, we've had two presidents or two people running for president this last election. One was 77. The other one was 73. And no one really made a big deal about it. And we've never had that happen in history. You don't have candidates in their 70s running for office or presidents in their 70s. So you think of that at the same time that our life expectancy is dropping. Interesting juxtaposition. Attorneys want California to move some people to the front of the vaccine line. And those people are prison inmates. Uh, This is an actual lawsuit. They're asking uh, for Newsom to do it and for a U.S. district judge to order it. Uh, Swift vaccinations of every inmate who already hasn't been infected with the virus, starting with the most vulnerable of the inmates They say uh, it is necessary for humanity, like for humane treatment of prisoners. But also they're saying, because it's nice that they're doing a little, hey, what's in it for everybody? Which is it will help manage uh, hospital availability because it does make some sense to vaccinate people in the highest risk areas of of contracting it. And prison is definitely one of those settings. Let's look. Let's look at the practicality. Almost impossible to keep social distancing in prison because there are so many. Because we have overcrowding in the prisons. Um, how do you force prisoners to wear masks? What are you going to threaten them with going to prison? So that's a little tough. And uh, prisoners don't have money. They don't have private insurance. So when they go in the hospital and they have all that medical care, we pay for it. What are you going to say to all the people, though, who say, here's another case where the prisoners are getting being treated better than the people Uh, uh, who are law abiding citizens? uh, Well, stop being law abiding citizens. Oh. And you, too, will benefit from. uh, They they I mean, look, the interesting thing about going to prison is on the one hand, you lose a lot of rights that I have walking around. But you do get certain extra protections that I don't have walking around. Yep. But it's a double-edged sword, and I think on balance, most people would rather stay out of prison. Yeah, and you save money. You don't have to go to a gay bar. Oh, wow. All right, let's move on. Oh, my goodness. Wow. You have no idea how sad I am. This is a super segment, and we can't go to a break right now. 
for a palate cleanser, but Jen, be our palate cleanser. All right. Well, we now know who the uh, new vaccine science leader will be. His name is Dr. David Kessler. And if you go, hey, why do I know that name? He is the former FDA administrator under two presidents, both political parties in the 90s. And he has been uh, acting as the top pandemic advisor to President-elect Biden. So we're bringing back, and this is what the president is doing, the president-to-be, is he's bringing back seasoned, experienced administrators who know what they're doing. Uh, No surprises, uh, no Betsy DeVos's who uh, uh, never had experience uh, in education other than she gave a pile of money uh, to the president and believes in charter schools. Uh, So or that Tillerson, for example, uh, at the beginning, uh, as secretary of state, a guy who never spent a minute in uh, government, but ran Exxon for a bunch of years. Uh, You're not seeing any of that. You're seeing well-seasoned, uh, experienced, moderate people. Nothing crazy. It's a total reversal of uh, the Trump administration. Right. And, and they were saying, look at us. We're a total reversal of business as usual. The Trump administration. Oh, absolutely. They, they were, they were how... touting the fact that yeah. they 100%. were taking a different path. And a lot right. of people liked it. And that was part of, quote, draining the swamp. And I guess, you know, now we have the Biden administration that's saying, mm, no, we don't think that worked out very well for the country. We're going to go back to the old ways. Hey, ahead of the inauguration, most major U.S. airlines are banning guns in luggage. And of course, you can't take it on your person. So they're trying to prevent people from flying with weapons to uh, D.C. It started with Delta. They were the first and very quickly united Alaska. American, your favorite bill, Southwest, those bans start tomorrow. So you can, if you're hell-bent on getting to D.C. with a gun in your bag, you're going to have to fly today. All right, an L.A. County Sheriff's deputy has admitted to being at the U.S. Capitol during the riots. And I don't think that they've got exact proof just yet of what he participated in or didn't participate in. But Sheriff Inueva said, I'm very concerned one of my deputies may have been involved in wrongdoing at the Capitol. And remember, we had an LAPD officer who also admitted he attended the rally and was ordered to talk to the FBI about it. And there is the difference between a protester, which is legitimate, and there were plenty of protesters there at the rally, uh, and the lawbreakers and i'm guessing that the lawbreakers were the ones that just crossed over the capitol ground line at that point it became trespassing and already you've got a misdemeanor and if uh, the sheriff's deputy wasn't in that crowd did not cross that line they can't do a damn thing about it. He's allowed to attend a rally and they can't take away his job because he attended a rally or discipline him even and did we hear about any trouble at the ellipse where President Trump was speaking? I had I didn't hear I of any. We didn't so. hear of any incidents there. So you had a bunch of people at this rally listening to the president. And then what it looks like is uh, some of them said, yes, we'll go over to the Capitol. And some of those people said, and we're going to cause 
a lot of trouble. But the but Bill, to your point, tons of people showed up that day at the ellipse to be part of the rally and to listen to the president and did not do anything. And even marched to the Capitol and did absolutely Some nothing people wrong. did that also. So it's a subset of a subset. By the but way, I'm watching it. But it's it. enough to be, but but on the other hand, it's enough to be a massive oh, absolutely for this country. I'm watching just them, some of the headlines that are coming out of a news conference right now of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi talking about what happened at the Capitol. And she says there's strong interest in Congress for a 9-11 style commission to investigate the Capitol insurrection. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Oh, do we sure. have to study this? 100%. Yeah, because not only is it, I talked about the spontaneous demonstration and the psychology uh, behind groups of people all of a sudden going nuts because they're caught up in the moment, but also more and more evidence is being produced uh, that shows that this was a planned attack where there, I mean, it, there was uh, an entire plan, a military plan uh, to this. And that's one of the fears. And, and that's exactly what's happening or was happening on uh, the chatter uh, on uh, the various uh, social platforms. And now it's a little more spread out because they don't have Twitter. They don't have Facebook anymore to deal with it. Parlor is gone. Uh, but uh, that's the fear. Now, as I said in the last se- segment, the great news is that there are enough people in that world that think the call for uh, the attacks, it really the FBI who is doing this just to arrest those people, and the whole thing is fake. So don't go because it's a trap. Boy, I love that one. Hey, the world's crazy. Uh, the woman fatally shot by a tactical officer while in a group of people trying to break in at the Capitol uh, was in a thruple. Please. Guys, please, can we just, we reported it. She was in a thruple. It was her, her husband, another woman. The other woman says she didn't know anything about this this woman's radicalization. Can we be done with this story? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, because that's just salacious stuff. I mean, it's incidental yeah. to the whole thing. I'm not I'm not proud of that. Yeah, I'm proud of it, but we can't spend talking about it. All right. Bumble has scrapped its political filter after the attack on the Capitol, but there's a reason. at first when I read the headline I thought oh that's because they don't want conservatives meeting up with conservatives or Democrats meeting up with Democrats like they're fearful that it could they could be participating in some incitement of violence no it's because people are using that filter to identify people who were part of the Capitol riots. So they're going on there. You identify yourself as a conservative or whatever. You then might get matched with somebody who put up a picture that they were at the Capitol or who had a MAGA hat on or something like that. And so people are becoming sort of amateur detectives trying to track down everybody who was there at the Capitol during the breach. Yeah, now, uh, you know, it's not that Bumble is in favor of uh, those who are attacking or against those who are using uh, its platform to identify people. Uh, It's just saying it's taken its own steps to crack down on the rioters and it's sort of taken over uh, because I guess it was just used by all these amateurs and it was uh, were the authorities overrun and the uh, and the, the, the story doesn't tell us. No, and it's also a little weird because they're saying they're getting rid of the political filter now to, quote, prevent misuse, but they won't say whether searching for rioters is a misuse. 
but they're saying they're getting rid of it because of misuse. So what's the misuse if it's not that? I wonder they're what being, the, they're being weird about it. I just wonder what the definition of their app is. And if it is specifically you come on here and your uh, goal is to find Mr. Or Mrs. Right. Yeah, I don't whatever. know. I don't use uh, Bumble. I mean, I can give you the definition and the rules involving Grindr. Uh, right, I can give no. you those all day Fantastic. long. Mm, we don't need them. Okay. Just oh, an, another lesson. Uh, this time in a third grade class has people uh, very upset. Come on, teacher. This was in a math class, but the lesson was to make an identity map, put things like your race and your ethnicity, your socioeconomic class, your gender, whatever else you can think of, and then circle the ones that give you power and privilege now, in society. Yeah, now keep in mind, I don't think this teacher was asking people to identify their own position. Uh, I think it was choose uh, a selection of these it's like the teacher saying, okay, this group will be slaves and this group over here will be plantation owners or slaveholders. Uh, it, it's it's a history lesson. No. And, and uh, I think that that's valuable. Now, did I misread the story? Yeah. No, it was you put down your, oh, okay. you describe yourself. And All right. Then, and that changes. You, and this is, look, this is part of critical race theory where you get people, you confront people with their own privilege. Oh, okay. And that's what this was. So to have third graders go, look at me. I'm white. I'm a Christian. I'm cisgendered. I circle all of these. Wow. I have a tremendous amount of privilege. All right. I'll buy it. See, I'm I'm don't like that kind of stuff. I'm of the ilk where you choose uh, or you're assigned a certain uh, place in society and you say, now relate to this. And look at how society is treating you. I think those are valuable lessons. I have no problem with that. But of course, everybody goes berserk when any of that is brought up. And, I, and I've I've conflated the two. Uh, so uh, I've conflated the two. That happens. Yeah, it does. Occasionally. Right. You All and right. Tom Brady with flation that's, problems. That's oh, correct. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, I want to read you what the New York Post wrote because I uh, don't think I could do it any better justice. The notoriously litigious, self-described California sex addict, best known for suing Twitch over masturbation injuries allegedly caused by the video streaming platform, has a new target. Insert target music there. I will tweet. (laughs) This time he is filing a lawsuit against Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Representative Ilhan Omar, over the overbearing pain and suffering caused by Twitter's ban of the president. Sounds like a case to me. And he is suing Twitter as well. Yes. Yes. And he says that the two of them, though, the two lawmakers, use the platform to promote Eastern communist philosophies. Which they do. But But that's not the point. Uh, The point uh, here is uh, how, and this is America, This uh, they allow people to do this. The courts allow this kind of crap. You try to go to Europe, for example, or Scandinavia or any of these countries, not only will they throw you out, they'll fine you like you cannot believe. Why hasn't he been uh, already determined to be a vexatious litigant where he can't even file a lawsuit? They, the court won't even accept a lawsuit. It it takes so much to get declared a vet. It, the courts don't want to do it. So he just isn't there yet. Um, he's saying two different things. It's interesting. He is suing for emotional damage because they banned President Trump. 
and he's suing them for allowing AOC and uh, Ilan Omar to be on there saying what they say. Both solid arguments, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Well, what's the thing? Uh, anyone who represents themselves has what for a lawyer? A fool. Fool. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's continue. Uh, a a nude model who is uh, shooting a thing for Playboy would like the approval of a certain someone. Roxanne. Well, that's rude, John. Just because she's posing nude doesn't make her a prostitute. Uh, she would like the Pope to say a prayer for the success of her Playboy photo shoot. Luna LeBlanc, a Brazilian. There you go, Bill, from your uh, home country. A Brazilian OnlyFans model asked the pontiff to weigh in, probably because of those stories that uh, a couple of times somebody with access to the Pope's Instagram account liked a couple of racy photos. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the Pope asking her for an autographed picture of her centerfolds uh, spread, uh, that causes a lot of controversy, too. To Frankie. All my oh. love. Oh, man. I'm... No, no, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say no. OK. Oh, and if the Pope looks at Luna, hold. I don't hold. see a picture of her any place. Holy cow. Yeah, I looked her up. I mean, there. I, I saw her. I mean, I agree. There's a reason she is getting a Playboy photo. Shoot. Oh, oh, yeah. Couple of reasons. It's not a head scratcher. Mm-mm. How she came to get a Playboy photo shoot. Right. Uh, okay. Let's finish up. One more. Oh, wait. I what do you want to do, Jen? You call it. Uh, you want to fly to space? No. Oh, yeah. We oh, can no, fly to space. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to space. Jeff Bezos says, "Here you go. You might not be able to travel, but maybe you can go to space. I don't know what the restrictions are regarding COVID nineteen there, but." He says that he did have another test flight of his new Shepard rocket booster and capsule and that it was successful, which marks one of the last remaining steps before his company, Blue Origin, flies its first crew to space. And he thinks this could happen by April. Which is a little optimistic. All these people are very optimistic. Well, but it's also this is suborbital. This is not like... Well, they're all suborbital. There's no such thing as, uh, at this point, having an orbital flight on one of these tourist uh, flights. Well, that's what I mean. Just what, but when they say space, you just well, I like to clarify. I think technically, at I forget where uh, that figure is at seventy or eighty thousand feet or ninety, whatever it is, you're officially into space. Yeah, uh, but, but that's uh, that's kind of official and. Uh, so uh, it's it's going to be easy for Bezos to do this because uh, he, he's going to do it between two company-owned countries. So uh, we don't have to worry about, uh, you know, treaties or permission or any of that. All right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We're take a zing at the world. Yeah. Wait, is he, he is he still the world's richest man? Now I forget. You know, yeah, I think um, oh, uh, Elon Musk, Musk, I think, took over. Yeah, just uh, it's what a what a horse race with these guys and their and their billions. Yeah, for sure. They're hundreds of billions. Yeah. Uh, President Trump's impeachment trial could actually begin on Inauguration Day. And I'll explain how that could and would and may happen. This is KFI AM640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app.
It is a uh, Friday morning, January 15th. Bill Handel here and uh, the morning crew. Uh, some of the top stories that we are covering. Uh, we have some small fires uh, in the area, and uh, uh, Jennifer Jones Lee is uh, following along. Oh, Dodger Stadium reopening today as a vaccination site. It was a testing site. So they've reconfigured it, and uh, 7,000 vaccinations a day look like are going to uh, be able to be given out. And then Disneyland, uh, the annual pass is finished, and uh, John, our uh, board engineer, is sitting in the corner weeping silently over that. The president and the impeachment trial. Let me tell you how crazy this has all gotten. First of all, I cannot think of any other president where impeachment would have happened a week before his term was over. But then this is this president and this Congress, and these are the times. So uh, we're talking about a Senate trial. Uh, Now that impeachment has happened, a Senate trial is mandatory under law. And so the timing of all this is actually driven by the Senate rules. A trial has to begin at 1 o'clock p.m. the next day after the Senate receives the article of impeachment. The Senate doesn't come back in session until January 19th. And if it receives the articles at on that day, the trial begins on the 20th. Gee, what day is that? Okay, so... What are you going to have? Can you imagine it's going to be a split screen on TV? Joe Biden being inaugurated. Donald Trump being tried in the Senate on the article of impeachment. Uh, Now, the uh, Democrats want to move up that date. Uh, Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, no, not going to happen. So, I mean, this becomes really crazy. So why would... Uh, The House and the Senate, this is the House mainly, impeach and then force the trial uh, as soon as this. Because Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats want Donald Trump to be declared unable to serve in any other public office as soon as possible. This is not about removing him from office. I mean, the Republicans are absolutely right. What what are you doing? You guys crazy? Well, of course we are. Uh, Except for the fact that we have to have a conviction to make sure this guy doesn't run again. And to make it even more interesting, you need two-thirds of the Senate, which is you're never going to get, to remove him from office. But you only need a majority to have him barred from ever uh, running for office again. Now that changes the formula. And moving the trial carries political consequences. Why? Well, Nancy Pelosi, and she controls it, actually, could hold the article of impeachment uh, for days, for weeks before actually presenting it. So uh, she can wait for weeks or months. So she certainly can wait for weeks. But she's argued that Trump is so dangerous, she has to move this up as quickly as possible. I don't think her argument flies, because if the point of uh making sure that Donald Trump does not hold federal office uh, in the future. Does it matter whether it's done on January 20th or in February or in March? And why, why is it such a rush? President can't run for federal office in the next two months. 
There are no federal offices to run for. So uh, it is a political statement uh, that Nancy Pelosi is making. Donald Trump is such a risk to this country, and that's what she's been arguing. We have to make sure he never runs for office again, and we have to do it now. Because uh, what happens, uh, time sort of dissipates the danger, I'm assuming, is the uh, philosophy here. Now, the Senate, the argument is going to start with, can we even hold a trial? Uh, Because it's articles of impeachment, which means removal from office. That's what the Constitution was meant to be uh, interpreted as, and it's right there. It's removal from office is its primary goal. And then the barring part is kind of secondary. So the Senate is saying it's unconstitutional for us to even go there because he's out of office. Well, that one's going up to the Supreme Court. And it, um, I, Senator Rick Scott, a Republican out of Florida, uh, said the Democrats have gone off the deep end. And I'm not going to. You have a couple of Republicans who are even going to boycott this thing, say I'm done. Because it's not a question of how many say no. It's a question of how many say yes. And there is only one time, and we talked about this, or I talked about this yesterday, in history uh, that the courts can look at. And that is right after the Civil War, or in 1876, uh, stop Reconstruction, there was a uh, lower-level federal office holder, William Belknap, uh, President Grant's Secretary of War, and that took place after he had a trial after he resigned. Uh, then you could do it. Well, it didn't go up in the courts. Why? Because he he was acquitted, so it didn't have to be. Uh, it didn't have to be contested. Just wild stuff that's going on here. I mean, it doesn't get more interesting, as I've said, that these are historic days. And to prove my point, the natural, uh, National History Museum uh, is pulling out artifacts of what happened on January 6th to put in a display and will be there uh, as a, per- if not a permanent exhibit, certainly part of their collection. Now, what's going to happen uh, next week, the last few days of the Trump administration? Uh, what uh, we were fearful of, I wasn't, uh, but what uh, was uh, talked about being for fearful, of, uh, fearful of never happened. And I sort of guessed that. But man, there are some choices and there are some avenues here that are just fun to talk about uh, because I think the danger is past. I think so. We'll come back with that. KFI AM 640. Let's check in with uh, Jennifer Jones-Lee and your chance to win $1,000 when we come back. Has COVID done anything for business? Absolutely. It's proven that your business needs cloud computing more than ever. So migrate now to get optimal security and access for your work from anywhere workforce. No cloud offers more than the Microsoft cloud. And no one gets your business into the Microsoft cloud better than CloudForce. It's all they do. Start now at GoCloudForce.com. That's GoCloudForce.com. It's the final countdown. The final and uh, welcome back. Uh, Handle here. Uh, it is a Friday morning, January 15th. 
Uh, let's start with your chance to win $1,000. For your chance at 1000 bucks, text the nationwide keyword BANK, B-A-N-K, to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's BANK to 200-200. And if you do win, you will get a phone call from a number you don't recognize. You have to answer it. Uh, every day we do this here on KFI, uh, 20 minutes after the hour between uh, 5.20 a.m. and 6.20 p.m. Six questions. How is Trump going to finish out his term? One of the fears that was being bandied about, and I think Nancy Pelosi uh, had this legitimate fear, or was legitimate in her eyes, was he was going to do something crazy. He was going to push the button. He was going to get us involved in uh, some kind of a war. As a matter of fact, she talked to the joint, uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs and said, what do we do? And he said, don't worry about it. We, we have enough safeguards here. So, And I said, nothing crazy is going to be done. As far as I'm concerned, uh, it's all going to be about the pardons. And uh, every president does crazy pardons. I just think uh, that Trump's going to take it to a new level. He hasn't yet. And then the most interesting argument about the pardons is he going to pardon himself. And then we have a fun legal discussion of what's going to happen. And actually, I hope he does, because then we'll have the tie. I'll have plenty of topic to talk about. So um, normally you have a set of rules. Right, and everybody does. This is traditional. It's been going on for a uh, hundred years, and that is, you have the tea in the White House, and the president is at the the former president at the inauguration. None of that is going to happen. Uh, Trump is not going to invite Biden. At least officials don't think so. For the traditional pre-inauguration tea on Wednesday, uh, is Trump going to write that note? That that famous note, private note, president to president, leaving it on the desk, the resolute desk. Probably not. No one really knows. Usually the swearing-in ceremony concludes with the former president leaving the grounds of the inauguration and then getting on a helicopter and then on an airplane, an Air Force plane that flies anywhere to uh, the country. Richard Nixon, and this was, I love this story, uh, uh, true Richard Nixon is on the airplane before Gerald Ford is sworn in, right? He did not attend only because he didn't want to bring attention to himself. He had just resigned and he was part of, we need a clean slate here. So he's on the airplane and he is flying to San Clemente, uh, where he lived at that, at that time. And in the air, right over Kansas, and they timed this to the second Right over Kansas, right in the middle of the country, is when Gerald Ford said, so help me God. At that moment, the pilot ceased saying, this is Air Force One. He was reporting as Air Force One all the way to Kansas. And the second the swearing-in ceremony took place and the new president was inaugurated, he switched to the tail number of uh, the Air Force plane. This is Air Force N568, whatever the hell the number was. Uh, just a little bit of history. Uh, so is that going to happen? Who the hell knows? Uh, Trump hasn't decided how, when he's going to leave the White House. Uh, also, uh, because of the security, it's going to be completely crazy. We know about the pardons. Uh, so here's another thing that presidents typically do. 
uh, ex-presidents or soon-to-be ex-presidents, they host an array of events meant to highlight their accomplishments, sort of, look at me, aren't I great? Trump, who we think would do more than any of them, went to Mexico once, to the border, U.S.-Mexican border wall, uh, where he was talking about uh, just the success of the border wall. And Trump is not planning to to, uh, deliver a farewell address or take questions from reporters. Uh, I don't think he's going to uh, handle uh, or deal with uh, any any protest, uh, any attack that happens on the Capitol, because he's going to be a private citizen at that time, although he has enormous influence on his followers. And frankly, uh, what does he do after the presidency? Boy, does he have choices. Uh, does he start a network? Uh, does he immediately start running for office? Does he sit back and enjoy the fact he is a kingmaker where uh, he's going to get the same kind of sycophantic uh, view of uh, his acolytes, politicians, who are scared that he could simply say, you don't vote for this guy in the primary, you vote for the the opposite, you vote for the opponent, and now you have a 30-year career gone. Does he still have that power? He does. No one knows what he is going to do. And uh, no plans for establishing an office, which he probably won't because he has his own. Uh, No talk about the potential presidential library. Which usually happens. Uh, Matter of fact, the talk of the library uh, happens in the last several months of the president's tenure. It's very different. Very different. So I think the only issue is the, the, some of this stuff is just kind of fun. I uh, know what's he going to do? Is he going to fly out? Is he going to take a helicopter? Is he going to drive? Is it going to be a convoy? Uh, where is he going to be at the moment of the inauguration? Uh, is he going to be at Mar uh, in Mar-a-Lago? Is he going to be in New York? I mean, no one knows. Uh, but the pardons. Oh, boy, the pardons are going to be fun. Uh, coming up, Foodie Friday. Today, one of the most important days in the entire year. It's National Bagel Day. Yes. Foodie Friday coming up with Neil Saavedra. This is KFI AM 640, and let's check in. Buying a mattress can be tough. With so many choices, it's overwhelming. Where do you even start? Introducing Bedmatch, a patented diagnostic system that determines your pressure points and recommends the mattresses that are best for your individual sleep needs. Sounds easy, right? It is, and it's found only at Mattress Warehouse. Try Bedmatch at a mattress warehouse near you. Visit sleephappens.com for locations and get free next-day delivery on select purchases mattress warehouse sleephappens.com i'm starving food glorious food do you know how to cook or do you just know how to put trash in the oven and then put it on a plate it's foodie friday with neil saavedra on the bill handel show good morning bill handel here and uh, the morning crew friday january 15th Uh, News we're covering, uh, certainly what's happening with the president uh, and soon-to-be ex-president. We'll be doing that uh, right up to Wednesday, the inauguration day, and then more. And then beyond that, Dodger Stadium uh, opening today to serve as a vaccination site instead of a testing site. And it's going to be one of the super sites, which we desperately need. And Disneyland 
announcing annual passport program over John quietly weeping in the corner, Neil Saavedra not so quietly, Neil being another annual pass member uh, holder, and uh, I see a couple of tears coming down your face, Neil. Pretty rough. You feel like you got uh, kicked in the junk by Pinocchio's little wooden shoe foot. Uh, Yeah. And you you'd go two, three. That. You would go. You'd go two, three times a week. I didn't sometime. go as much as my wife and my son. They would go quite a bit because I work a lot. But I would go probably at least once a week. You know, with them, we'd we'd grab some time. It was really fun. I got to meet a lot of listeners there. You know, I would carry gift cards to restaurants on me, and if a listener came up and said hello, I would give them a gift card and. I, you know, it's uh, it was a really uh, a wonderful way to spend. Yeah, I, they'll come up with something. I know they're hurting too, and we have to support them in good times and bad. But uh, yeah, it was kind of a like, what the? We'll see. Uh, one of the most important days uh, in history is going to be the impeachment of uh, the second impeachment of President Trump. True history was made. Uh, you bet. Uh, a day that has far more impact is today, National Bagel Day. And, I saw that uh, coming. I know. Uh, Telegraphing so, that one. Right. A day Have of celebration. Put- uh, a day that makes all the bad news uh, just disappear. Melt away in a good schmear. Yeah. All right. So I, bagels. Uh, one, National uh, Bagel I, Day. Yes. Uh, the uh, one of the more interesting things about bagels, which now everybody has, it used to be kind of a specialty, uh, where not too many people knew about it. Now everybody on the planet, you go, you're, you're in New York. I got to go in the morning and get a bagel. Uh, you don't have to be a Jew anymore. Uh, the history of the bagel, and that is hugely controversial. Yeah, there's at least three main theories about the history of the bagel. Now, it's it, 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 the history goes back at least a good six centuries, uh, it, and the belief is in practice uh, way more than that. However, how it got to where we are today, and as you know, there's a lot of battle into what a perfect bagel is and what a good bagel is. I mean, you have one thought. You call them real Jew bagels. You want a particular... Describe what you you think is a real Jew bagel. What is it about it that you think is the best? All right. A Jew, well, first of all, a Jew bagel must be boiled. Uh, that's one of the all things about... All bagels are boiled. Uh, no, that's not true. Uh, there are... Oh. There are... Uh, what, ersatz bagels who pretend to be bagels that are not boiled but all jew bagels are boiled now there are differentiations uh you know it's like uh, christians you can be lutheran you can be catholic you can be non-denominational but the bottom line is uh you're still christian that's the analogy i'm going to make so denominational bagels a non-denominational bagel as long as it is a bagel and that is uh it's hand rolled the dough is made in the shape of a bagel and then it is boiled for about a minute and then it is put in the oven and that's what makes it a bagel and gives it that really tight crisp skin on the outside there are now we're breaking down into the different kinds of bagels there are bagels that are denser than others there are bagels that have a crispier uh a crisp crispier crust uh and a lot of it has to bagels it depends where you come from new york bagels are different than montreal bagels are different from la bagels uh 
You know, this is one of the theories, the interesting thing about the boiling. That That is a defining point of a bagel. And one of the beliefs is that it came by way uh, of Germany to Poland, and it was essentially a mutation of a pretzel. And that it, that one of the theories, now a pretzel has that same process. You're talking about a high gluten flour. Gluten, of course, is the protein. Most people think gluten is evil. It's just a protein. It's the protein that makes the elasticity and the stretch of a dough. And that, that chew you get. There are those that believe the perfect bagel has a little bit of a crust. It should not be blonde. It should be tan. It should have a nice brown outer uh, crust to it. You bite in and you have a good chew on the inside. You shouldn't just bite through. You should have that little bite at the beginning. Now, a lot of these things come from the traditional, not the crap bagels we have in the States, you know, that you buy in a bag. Those are the, not bagels. No. Uh, we no, call no, those, no. I'm, I'm well, talking those about bread. the pretzels, those crispy, crispy ones. Right. So that is one of the beliefs that uh, there was a migration flow in 14th century and those the things, uh, the pretzels from Germany became bagels later. There's also religion tied to one of the theories that said that at, at one point in history, Jews weren't allowed to make bread uh, in areas that had high Christian density because bread was considered the body of Christ. And it wasn't until later that they said, well, okay, you can make bread, but it has to be boiled. Oh, okay. And, I didn't know that. So there's there's... Uh, these are two of the major three stories that are really bizarre about the migration of the bagel. Hmm. But the fact is, everyone has a belief as to what it should taste like and what it should be like. But that boiling process is super important to getting that skin on the outside the same way you would a bagel. Right. So a lot of uh, it, or, you were uh, saying uh, the flour uh, has a lot to do with it. And oh, for yeah. example, and then just your personal preference. I, for example... Uh, grew up on Western bagels, uh, and to me, that's the perfect bagel. I've eaten Einstein bagels, I've eaten Noah's bagels, uh, which are all bagels. I mean, they're real Jew bagels, but it's not the same. The density, the size, uh, even uh, the onion bagels, uh, Western bagel does them one way, uh, Noah's does it another way. Uh, it's... The only and everybody thing, has their preferences. And right, some and it's a question, it's a question of it. preference. And there are bagel wars. I mean, it's like the best hot dog. It's uh, like the best burger. I mean, people have gone to war over when this. get normal, you and I have to do yeah, we a do. bagel tour. Yeah. And go through it with cameras yeah. and, and taste oh, 100%. them all. But that process of a little baking, uh, uh, baking soda yeah. and in the water and boiling them, that is a, a, a definitive part of the bagel. Now, you've never seen a, uh, a Jew bagel war, have you? This is when uh, uh, someone who believes in one bagel and then I believe in the other, we throw, the ch we throw checkbooks at each, uh, at each other. And uh, that's how we fight. Okay, um, let's uh, take a break. And coming up, uh, what is a chaffle? And I don't think it's what happens between your thighs on a hot, sweaty day, is it? I think the pronunciation is probably chaffle, <laughs> like your jokes. They're Excellent. very chaffle. Thank you very much. And you don't chaffle at all. Um, never mind. We're, uh, we will come back, please. Uh, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, please disregard everything. I we just will said. come back. They won't. Yes. Uh, all right, Jennifer. Do I you're have up. to? 
I really like to eat bagels. I like to toast my bagels and smother them with cream cheese. And we're back, everybody. Enough of bagel talk. Bill Handel here and uh, Neil Saavedra, the Fork Reporter. Uh, Tomorrow, from 2 to 5 p.m., Neil is on with uh, his show, uh, The Fork Report. And, uh, oh, don't forget, uh, 8 to 11 o'clock, I'm here with Handel on The Law. And it's now time for a cheesy plug. Ladies and gentlemen, cheesy plug time. If you need, if you've been injured and you need a lawyer, go to handleonthelaw.com. There you go. All right. So Neil, who sells nothing, right? Uh, from I two to five say, o'clock. Hey, follow me at Fork Reporter on Instagram. Yeah, you and do. I'll hopefully, make you laugh. Yes, that's. I've true. been trying to post funny things lately, just to kind of break the monotony and stuff. And we're having a good time there. That's and what that's, we're doing. And that's at Fork Reporter on Instagram, Twitter, uh, all over the place, social mm-hmm. media. Now, uh, what is a chaffle? I think this is probably going to go by way of the chuffle. I think chuffle is probably what goes. This is a cheesy, keto-friendly snack that people are making in these little mini waffle makers. And I'll tell you, the, a waffle maker is a much uh, underused apparatus in your kitchen it really is a beautiful way to cook certain things not only waffles uh you can reheat french fries man mcdonald's fries reheated in there you just put them like a nest and then you waffle them oh very tasty you can do that with dressing you know like stuffing all kinds of things you can do with a waffle maker they're great well people are taking to and this is on tiktok all over the place is making these cheesy these cheese-based waffles or chaffles so that people that are on keto, of course, keto is high fat. You've got your, and, and low carb. So you've got all of your cheese, uh, bacon, your meats, all of that high in protein. And so one of the thing is when you're cutting carbs, you want something that kind of mimics that crunchy, bready, kind of you can throw toppings on it thing. And the people are going nuts for this because you can put all these different cheese ingredients and people are mixing them they're making pizza snacks with them well wait a second you are are we're talking and then there's no flour in it at all no if you're using flour some will use a non uh you know they might use like an almond flour or things like that certainly some of them put those in there to add to it and give it a little bit of density uh, there are uh, so many variants I can't even get into. There's dessert variants. There's uh, pizza variants and savory variants. There are all kinds of breakfast variants. They have these Wonder Bread chaffles that are made with, like I said, almond flour, mayonnaise, egg, and they're like this fluffy bread substitute thing and people put another egg and bacon in between them and they make like a morning hmm. muffin. Alright, uh, that actually sounds like fun. I, I want to end the show with uh, Adopt a Server uh, that you brought up and that's helping a small business and uh, for example to show you how, just before we do that, to show you how difficult it is for uh, restaurants uh, I on the Anaheim White House website they're selling t-shirts uh, and I think caps and uh, that's just... become very popular. By the way, as a matter of fact, in Los Angeles, there are 
uh, different groups because a lot of times restaurants are owned by you know one group and they have multiple different concepts out there. And I'm noticing bars and things like that that can't open are doing the same thing. They're selling really cool, some of our little swizzle sticks or stir sticks for your cocktails, specialty glasses. I know Formosa uh, Cafe is doing that and that's a classic place. It's been around forever here in Los Angeles. Actually, you know, and right. things like that. But, All right, we have uh, about a minute and a half. Uh, I'm sorry to rush this, but uh, adopt a server. Okay, so this is something that uh, producer Alex threw my way. I had not heard about this, and I think it's pretty cool. There are Facebook groups that are popping up in different regions and areas. They may have anywhere from 300 to a couple thousand people that follow them and that partake. And people will sign up and you can adopt them and help them, whether it's with groceries. And these are servers or people working in the, the hospitality industry. Help them with, uh, you know, food. Help them with uh, paying their rent and things like that. And these things are starting to pop up all over the country in different areas uh, under different Facebook groups. And they're started by people that just want to help. Some of them are started by nurses and just that trying is cool. to help. That yeah, and, and really, I say this on the show all the time, too. If you want to help out, you can go to GoFundMe, and you can go, uh, search Andrew Gruel, Chef Andrew Gruel. Just put Andrew Gruel in there, and it will come up, and you can donate there, whatever you can. And they, he and his wife, Lauren, are disseminating that to people in the Southland that need help. And they're uh, in that industry, and they're doing it on their own time, and they're it's vetting people. All it's these things, everybody's doing what they can to help. Yeah, this is where Americans uh, really shine. We are the I most agree. generous people in the world. Tomorrow morning, uh, 8 uh, to 11 o'clock, handle on the law. And tomorrow afternoon, 2 to 5, the Fork Report with Neil. He's at Fork Reporter, and uh, his um, social media is its so much fun. Well worth going to at Fork Reporter. Neil, you have a good one. Uh, we'll probably talk over the weekend. Indeed, sir. You Indeed. as well. Right now at Papa John's, get $6 Papa Deal. Plus, any side, this side, that side, all these sides, for just $6 each. That's a lot of sides. Get $6 Papa Deals and $6 sides only at PapaJohns.com.